Beyond the Level podcast is brought to you by tinyhomes.com, focused on consumer protection for people and companies within the world of tiny homes. For more information, contact us at support at tinyhomes.com. Hey guys, this is Beyond the Level podcast, episode two. I'm Jennifer Elliott. And I'm Kenny Beloso. On today's episode, we are going to be discussing RVIA, which is Recreational Vehicle Industry Association. It's a mouthful, isn't it? It is a mouthful. RVIA, I initially thought that it was a certification that you could get for a tiny home. So you go to a builder and they have the RVIA sticker on their homes. And the assumption that I made was that it's a certification, but it appears that that's not the case, right, Kenny? Yes, it's actually a membership. And a lot of people think of RVIA as a certification or that their tiny home is certified by RVIA or that the sticker that is on their home is somehow a certification. It really isn't. It's a membership that builders pay. And for that membership, they get stickers. And then on each of their builds, they're able to put that sticker on there. So I want to talk about the sticker and what the membership means. But first, can we just talk about why we're talking about something that's for RVs when this is a podcast about tiny homes? Like, why why aren't we talking about a certification or membership that's specifically for tiny homes? I think that's a good question. Honestly, the tiny home industry is kind of in a hard spot in that there really isn't a code base or regulation that you can use to appropriately build a tiny home on wheels. So when you build a tiny home on wheels to make it somewhat legal or comply, you really don't have any options. And so the only option that you have or that's the closest option is RVIA or recreational vehicle. But what that does is it puts you in the lane of a vehicle rather than a home. And so people basically use them for permanent use, but really they're built for recreational use. Interesting. So what exactly does RVIA do and what does a membership mean? So a membership is designed for really large-scale manufacturers. And so it creates some standard that these RVs are built from. A lot of those standards are built around safety fire safety, things around propane, gas, plumbing, and access, egress, and that relationship between a trailer, the structure that's sitting on it, and the vehicle that it's next to. There's a lot of risk with a a home or an RV connected to the exhaust of a vehicle and those relationships, all the electrical components inside that structure, all of the elements of gas or batteries or different types of electrical systems that can cause fire hazards or just cause hazards to the people who are in them, right? Either getting poisoned or, you know, some kind of carbon monoxide issue or, you know, those types of safety elements to it. So RVIA is really centered around safety for the consumer. Got it. So RVIA is safety, which is an incredibly important thing. When you're buying a home, you want it to meet certain safety standards. But I guess the issue is that they're not really concerned with how a tiny home is built other than how it relates to safety. So they're not really looking at 
is the roof gonna leak or are there kind of structural issues or they're not looking at like the exact build quality of a tiny home they're looking at is it going to be safe and not catch on fire essentially that is the primary element so you have two different codes or maybe more than that but just in general you have nfpa 1192 and that's the fire standard for recreational vehicles and then you have and which outlines a lot of different things from propane elements to plumbing elements to fire safety issues to access issues to all sorts of different things and that's specifically fire safety that's it has really, nothing to do with structure it's very specific to fire or hazard to the person inside that structure right and then you have ANSI 119.5, which is another standard for park model RVs that does have certain elements in it that do relate to structural details. But those structural details are still rarely applicable to a recreational vehicle and not a home. Yeah, you know, when I was looking through the booklet that we got, yes, there are structural elements, but, uh, you know, at the beginning of the book, it says to prevent fires and explosions. And so it does seem to also still be, even though there are structural elements in it, it does seem to be around safety. The large focus is around safety, and that is very, very good. So that's the part that RVIA is doing really well. I mean, obviously, you don't want to buy an RV and have it blow up or some other major issue, or if you put it into a RV park and it lights on fire or people can't get out of it or it's not attached to the trailer properly or it's not grounded properly or it's there's all sorts of safety issues as you're pulling it down a road and you're pulling it all across the country that have to be considered. So those are really well addressed within RVIA. It's just that RVIA was never written to create tiny home on wheels of which are used for permanent living even though the code says that you can only live in them temporarily. So you just have this inherent conflict of interest. It's not that RVAA is doing something wrong. They're just, their intention doesn't meet the use. Right. So RVAA is an incredibly valuable tool. It just might not be the right application for it. It's the wrong application. And then the process in which it's done leaves the consumer potentially feeling like they have some type of certification or approval that maybe is in place, but maybe not. So wait, if I go and buy a tiny home that has an RVIA sticker on it, my home was inspected by RVIA, right? Not necessarily. So what happens is RVIA goes and does periodic checks. And it's not that they don't do a lot of checks. They're in these larger factories every six to eight weeks checking the processes and safety elements and all the details that are outlined within the parameters in which they have laid out for these manufacturers. But the smaller scale builders, these tiny home builders who are using RVIA as a way to sort of validate their construction... RVIA isn't in there looking at every single build. So there is the possibility that the home that you actually have purchased was never looked at by anyone at all. There's also not a requirement that an electrician actually is doing the electrical work and a plumber is actually doing the plumbing work and a propane person is doing the propane work and that each trade is doing it like when you see in in typical construction An electrician has to be doing the electrical work in each trade. Now, those manufacturers do have experts that are doing that, 
but it's not required within what's laid out by RVIA. What would be an advantage to going with a builder that has RVIA? So yes, maybe my specific home wasn't specifically inspected by RVIA, but does having an RVIA membership add a little bit of validity to a builder or does it help in getting financing or is it is there any type of warranty situation that RVIA can help with like what what would be a reason to go with a builder that has RVIA membership I think there's a couple of things I mean one there is a base level of standard for safety and that's huge right so they have looked at and they have to in theory abide by a lot of different safety standards another element is the trailer itself when we see other types of builds, DIY builds in particular, the trailer is a huge variable. Often that trailer doesn't have a VIN on it or it's a used trailer that doesn't have really appropriate tires. There's no knowledge of what the load capacity of that trailer is. The wiring is all crazy. And so RVIA establishes a standard for the trailer itself because it's meant to be pulled down the road all the time. So there's a pretty rigorous standard to how that trailer is configured as it relates to the home sitting on top of it. And that's a really good part that generally when you're buying a tiny home that is from a builder that's RVI certified, the trailer itself is going to be, you know, generally a, there's no variable there with the trailer as much, but it doesn't give you a guarantee. They could have put the wrong trailer on a really heavy home and it never got inspected. Mm-hmm. And instead of it being a you know triple axle trailer, it was a double axle trailer, or the axle load was less than maybe it needed to be, or they overloaded that trailer. One of the issues you see in tiny homes a lot is you because they're using more conventional building materials that the homes become much heavier, and the trailers are really overloaded for the trailer that it's sitting on. Gotcha. So RVIA has a pretty substantial standard for the trailer itself, but not necessarily the load that's on the trailer. I mean, it could happen that a home could be put on a trailer and that house is way overloaded and it doesn't actually ever get caught because you put extra appliances in, you've decided to go with instead of certain kind of countertop, you upselled into granite countertops and then you kept upselling into these other features and you just kept adding pricing and adding costs and adding weight because you just kept modifying and change order, but the trailer itself never got upgraded. It really depends on the build that's occurring. I think that RVIA gives a base level of standard, but it gives you no guarantee whatsoever. It also gives you very little guarantee or no guarantee at all as it relates to the structural elements of a home, which are pretty darn important. And so the key issue that we see with RVIA is it does not address the longevity of a home and it doesn't address a home that's built on site is a home that's meant to be, you know, stay around for a hundred or two hundred years. I mean, it's meant to be permanent. An RV is not permanent, and so the structural components are nothing near what a conventional home is built from. You aren't getting that kind of craft. There's no standard for how the roof really needs to be configured to the insulation requirements are very, very low to just a lot of the structural elements of the home don't really match conventional home building you know the fundamental elements are the the tiny home space is a bit it's an it's at an inflection point 
and that unfortunately builders are motivated to sell homes and in selling homes it isn't really help sell a home when you say oh yeah that sticker on that my structure doesn't really do a whole lot or you know downplaying it or you kind of say look we're RVA certified we're this certified we're that hey we have this approval we have this approval or we're this energy efficient it's a selling point that is nice but it, it can be misleading and you just have to look at it and understand what it is okay this offers these elements and then what doesn't it do and then once you know that you can protect yourself so for example with rvia our recommendation would be that you still want to have oversight with that builder so oh your rvia certified great know what rvia does understand the difference between nfpa 1192 ANSI 119.5, understand that really it's mostly about fire safety and plumbing and electrical and those types of details, egress and that the trailer configurations, and then what isn't it, and then work to get oversight and for what it is. So for example, with the roof in particular, with the walls, how they're assembled and structural elements in particular, and so, warranties in side particular. Note, anyone that doesn't know Kenny personally, I'll let you in on a little tidbit. He is obsessed with roofs and hasn't met a roof that he has not <laughs> scrutinized, which is good. It's good. Kenny's your guy if you have questions about roofs. But I do. I feel like roofs are like <laughs> where the rubber meets the road in terms of when you have roof problems, you have major house problems. And there's a reason that roofs should be warrantied for 30, 40 years. And when you're moving them down a highway, there can be major problems. And one of the things I've seen with, you know, recreational vehicles is that their roofs are generally super poorly done and then they're not really even very accessible and that it's really a weakness in the construction, but it's also a large cost of a home and it can easily be done incorrectly or done to a point where that's just not as well done as it could be or creates the longevity that you need for a permanent dwelling. It also speaks back to the point of, you know, RVs are recreational vehicles. That's what it stands for. And they're not meant for permanent living. So the roof isn't meant for permanent use. It's also, there's certain elements, right? Design elements. When you have a, you know, conventional home, often you're going to want to put some type of pitch on a roof because it sheds water and it makes it less likely to leak. But when you start doing that on an RV, you're taking up a bunch of space. So there's a bit of conflict. So you're more motivated to use more of a low slope system or whatever, as well as you're willing to build it in kind of a light manner and not build because it's heavy. Well-built, long-lasting roofs are heavy, and so it adds a bunch of weight that you otherwise don't want. So it's one of those things where you're sort of in conflict, right? You don't want a flat roof because that's going to pond water. You need a little bit of slope, but really well-built roofs are also pretty heavy. So you sort of have to figure out that happy medium with, you know, tiny homes. Well, Kenny, is there anything else that you feel like our listeners should know about our VIA membership? I think we've covered it. I mean, I think we've kind of addressed sort of what it is, what it isn't. Um, And I think once you know that, you can start digging further into sort of how to protect yourself in the build. I think at the end of the day, don't make assumptions about what your builder is going to do or not going to do. You know, our advice would be have someone that's a third party to this, like a project manager helping you through this, helping you through oversight with that builder, asking those hard questions, protecting you. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people who 
get poorly built homes or straight up ripped off. And so protect yourself. This is the end of episode two of Beyond the Level Analysis and Paralysis. Stay tuned for episode three. Beyond the Level podcast is brought to you by tinyhomes.com, focused on consumer protection for people and companies within the world of tiny homes. For more information, contact us at support at tinyhomes.com.